Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another Feminist Movie Friday. I feel like I have to dance. I I don't know why I have to try to add jingles. I love it. You are always trying to add some flair. I'm trying. The that's, that's my <laughs> contribution, okay? It's okay. some flair, apparently. <laughs> well, today's Feminist Movie Friday is actually a documentary. And it is the 2020 HBO documentary, The Janes, which has just been released on HBO Max this year. Might as well go ahead and let you know. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't know if you if you don't know about the Janes, I guess. This is about abortion. And this is about the 1960s pre-Roe v. Wade uh, group, clandestine group called the Janes, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, and which we've talked about previously. And I believe Bridget interviewed one of the members, original members of the Janes a while ago as well. Go ahead and put that content warning. We're going to talk a little bit. Like, we're just going to briefly mention instances of sexual abuse or, or uh, rape, as well as, um, you know, just trauma yeah. with this type of uh, time, this timing, I guess, in the 60s, 70s. Not friendly to women. Well, I can't really say that it's too friendly now, can we? Yeah, no. and actually I would add, like, because I watched it last night, it is upsetting in terms of what's going on now. It, right. Because you kind of hear, like, it's very inspiring and hopeful at the end. But then yeah. now you're kind of like, well. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, not to well. downplay at all what they did. But just in the climate <sighs> we're in, it, it was kind of like, oh, wow. <laughs> right. 
Oof. Right. Mm-hmm. And BT Dubs. This was an award-winning uh, film. I think they won the Cleveland International Film Festival, as well as uh, they were winners of the film festival in D.C., and they were nominated for the Sundance Film Festival and got some accolades there. And I believe there's talks of putting their name in for the Oscar contender. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely getting hit some big waves. It's right now the reviewers portion of Rotten Tomatoes is at 100% still. Um, It's very interesting. You should go read some of the reviews. Um, It was directed by documentarians Tia Lesson and Emma Pildes, and I really hope I've said this correctly, their last names. Someone let me know how to say it because I couldn't find it (laughs) Mm -hmm. on the interwebs. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're both award-nominated directors as well, so no stranger to the games. And the idea of this documentary actually began in 2016 when Pildes and her brother Daniel Arcana watched as Trump came into office um, and started worrying about the fate of the Supreme Court. Rightly yep. so. I believe we all were, which is why we were all crying, mm-hmm. with the stories of their mother, who is a Judith Arcana, who is actually fe- featured throughout the movie as well, and her experience with the Jings, or uh, otherwise known as the Abortion Counseling Services of Women's Liberation, which was an underground group started in the late 60s in Chicago. And they've been kind of coming back out. I know 95 they had a document uh, they had a movie. Recently they had a uh yeah, another based movie and then articles coming out and a book uh written about them. So even though they've been talked about, it's still not really well known and hopefully that's changing quickly. Um BT Dubs I did do an episode with Margaret Kiljoy about the Janes and and she was able to give me a lot of great information that I didn't know. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So if you want to check that out, you should. God, we've talked about that episode a lot, haven't we? I, if people haven't checked it out, then they should go check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Apildes and Lesson began their work in on the documentary in 2019. Um, and the way this documentary plays out, it has no narrator. So it's just told uh, in... A kind of a historical perspective, uh, throwbacks and lookbacks on what has happened from the people who were there uh, and people who were part of the organization and or may have busted the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it is a straightforward oral recount of the experiences of some of the Janes and the history of that time in Chicago and the United States years before Roe v. Wade was uh, seen in su- the Supreme Court. Right. Uh, So the documentary starts with the experience of Dory Barron, who had an illegal and very dangerous abortion through the mafia. Uh, Being able to only afford the cheapest option for a procedure, she and another young lady were left in the bathtub bleeding after the procedure was complete. Barron talks about her experience of trying to leave when she was finally able to stand and get a ride back home. And it was quite a harrowing, quite a harrowing tale. Yeah, that's how it begins before the credits. Yes. We then meet some of the Janes, Judith Arcana, uh, Sheila, Kate, Martha Scott, Eleanor Oliver, Laura Kaplan, Heather Booth, Reverend Patricia Novak-Ray, Peaches, Abby, Eileen, Diane Stevens, Jean, and Marie Lehner, uh, the only black woman in the Janes. And some of their names were hard to find. Uh, right. Yeah. So in, in the documentary, they only say their first names. So I assume that's their choice. So we yep. kept it with first names only. 
Yes, yes, yes. And throughout the film, we also get to see the 1995 interview with leaders Ruth Sergal and Jody Parsons, who have both died since then. The 95 interviews were given by filmmaker Dorothy Fadiman, uh, who has made several films and documentaries about abortion rights and advocacy. And I also hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. <laughs> right. So as we meet the different women of the Janes, each tell of their own history and activism, whether it was through the civil rights movement or through the anti-war movement and how they came into the their own fight. They also talk about their own issues. Many of them had illegal abortions as well or known someone or was somewhat proximity to see the dangers of why they needed safe abortion access. And it kind of really pushed them into this fight, but they were already fighters. They were ready. Um, and as Heather Booth states, quote, I learned that sometimes you have to stand up to illegitimate authority. And I feel like that could be said today. <laughs> and in her first experience with abortions and women's issues, Booth talks about her experience in helping a friend who needed an abortion after being raped at a knife point. And in the documentary, she talks about uh, Dr. Theodore Howard, who was a civil rights activist um, who had moved to Chicago after being threatened uh, by the Klan. And through her, she was able to connect a few women women with Dr. Howard until he was arrested for the abortion. Uh, and it was actually plastered in the newspaper. And as we continue in the documentary, we get a history of the septic uh, abortion ward in Cook County Hospital in Chicago. Dr. Allen Wyland at the OBGYN at the time and nurse Kathleen Kennedy talk about the tragedies of these illegal abortions that killed so many women and why they needed that ward in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we meet the man known as Mike, who for a while had not been known. Uh, this was certainly news to me, this whole part, uh, who had been taught by a surgeon um, how to perform abortions and would later become the abortionist for the Janes, who at the time thought he was a doctor. And there's kind of a funny and disturbing quote where they're like, but didn't you go by Dr. Mike? And he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, called, he went by Dr. Kaplan. <laughs> or they, they asked him that. He's yeah. like, yeah, I went by Dr. Kaplan. And he was like, they were like, well, but uh, he was very nonchalant. Yeah, He was talking about how he was making so much money doing mm -hmm. this, more so than he was his regular job as a construction worker, which was way harder, he said. Yes. A lot of the men who were in it, I was like, do you realize what you're a part of here? <laughs> I'm not I, sure that you do. I, I really was like, do they know what kind of documentary they're coming into? Like, were they aware? Because I feel like it, it this, it, this could be a gotcha type of yeah. documentary, which I don't know. But also, all trivia about Mike. So he went by Mike. We don't know his name. For the longest time, they didn't know who he was. And when I was on the this other podcast with Margaret Kiljoy, the way it was, he was described by some of the women, some of the James, was he was just a handsome man. That, that was known as Mike, and he was oh. very tall, and they all had to look up to him. So we had nicknamed him Handsome or Sexy Mike. Oh. And then having this reveal, I immediately <laughs> had to go text them, like, you need to go watch this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. As the Janes continued, they became very aware of the Red Squad, a group of undercover cops who would watch revolutionists and radicals, uh, civil rights activists, anti-war activists, and women's rights activists, etc. Um, and we get to meet a homicide detective, Sergeant Ted O'Connor, who was part of the police who had arrested the Janes. He was someone else where I was kind of like, are you? Yeah. Do you know what? Okay. Um. But you know what? I feel like he's part of the population who really feels like they don't care about this issue and why yeah. are we talking about it? 
Yeah. He was kind of just like, that was this my job. This is a woman's thing. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. As the radicals were in the streets clashing with police during an anti-war movement, the Jains moved forward in fighting for the rights for everybody, uh, but didn't seem welcomed in the movement as it was driven by men and men only with a misogynistic and patriarchal attitude towards the movement. Right. Uh, which pushed the ladies to start their own Realizing that women were not seen as equals but servants for these other movements, uh, they they moved on. As Arcana's husband, uh, Judith Arcana, who was a radical lawyer, so an activist and had worked with civil rights uh, activists as well, says that they had, quote, no interest in women's rights. That was not a part of the deal. And I thought that was an interesting quote. I'm glad to know that he admitted it. Though mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he supported it, but admitted he didn't care. Mm-hmm. So the women there started the Chicago Women's Liberation Movement and soon soon push to uh, have abortion and reproductive right as a focus for the Janes. Um, and speaking about her experience, Eleanor, one of the Janes, spoke about one of the risks of having an abortion being uh, possibly sexually assaulted which happened often. Like the stories they would tell about the fact that they would have to repay men in sexual favors as well a lot of money yeah. uh, was absurd. Even, again, Dr. Mike, who was not a doctor, a.k.a. Sexy Mike, as we called him, admitted to that. He was like, you know, I was much kinder. And he was. Apparently, he was able to teach in a gentleness and a kindness. Whoever the surgeon was taught him that women are, are human ah, uh. and need to be treated with care. That he was like, at least I wasn't doing this. That, yes, I yeah. was taking $500 uh, for an abortion, which was fairly cheap, technically, but most... People can't afford that, especially mm-hmm. at that during time. And, and for a lot of the people who uh, don't have money to this, this is not accessible. All that to say, he even admitted, yeah, like I would, it was better me doing it, who was nice and kind and gentle, versus the men who would literally be like, you have to do these sexual favors for me as you're in pain before I do anything else, or you can leave. Yeah. Um, it was really, really disturbing to say the least. But then we finally see the beginning of the Janes coming together. Uh, Booth continued in helping women at the colleges in need for abortion, and there she connected with several other young ladies, including Eleanor, who we talked about, and Jody, uh, who was one of the uh, founders as well, who all gathered at Eleanor's home to talk about the logistics of the group, and then they, quote, got down to business. First, they had ads and numbers on the walls, and then they set up the phone with a pseudonym for Jane, and their group was inundated with calls for help, including a police officer saying, please don't be alarmed if they say, Chicago police, this is my work, but I really need help. Yes, yes. And they were meticulous in their record-keeping and even had some of those cards today uh, with the names and numbers and how much they could pay. And it wasn't just the information they needed, but the ability to be compassionate and caring for the women who were often scared and desperate. I mean, think about it. If you're like pursuing this avenue. Right. That says something. Baron, who had previously talked about her first abortion, spoke about how different the experience was with the Janes, that the kindness and caring from them made such an impact on her, especially growing up in an abusive Catholic school system. The Janes were organized and treated their operation as if it were a spy network, starting with the ride, which was when one of the Janes would pick up the young lady from a specific location and drive them like they were being followed, first to the front, which was a place where they offered counseling and details of the procedure and even had refreshments for the person in question. Um, And then they were driven to the place, which is where the abortions would take place. 
Yes, uh, I really did like the names. They were just very upfront about it. Yes. But yeah, the talking about how they set it up was pretty official, um, even on how they picked up medications and supplies. It was very, uh, yeah, it, this is a spy movie for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. So we have Mike, who had been the one to provide the abortions. He soon left the practice. Uh, by the way, he'd been discovered to not be a doctor, so that might have been a plot in the pl- <laughs> in this whole thing. But he said he was just tired, so I don't know. There was another mm-hmm. conspiracy that the mob was coming after him because, again, the mob kind of had yeah. a franchise over this, so they were threatening him. So he was like, this is too hot. I got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he did teach some of the Janes how to do the abortions themselves. So when they discovered that he was doing them, he's not a doctor. Why can't we do this? Uh, we're more gentle. We know how how our bodies work. Teach us. Mm-hmm. Again, some of the group did leave uh, because they were not comfortable with all of that. But many of them continued on. And now then you had to do the procedures themselves. At one point, they take out some of the equipment to, yeah. to try to remember how they mm-hmm. did it. It was unsettling, a little bit unsettling. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were able to charge even less because they were able to do it and sometimes be able to do it for free if they needed to. So it actually helped out in providing uh more affordable care. So they continued their practice, getting better and better and still staying under the radar. And during this time, by the way, the issue of abortion rights was a huge topic all over the country. And New York soon legalized abortions themselves. 
And that's when the Jains kind of noticed that they had less affluent and middle-class women uh, as they were now flying to New York to get these procedures done, and more impoverished people of the population had to go to them. Um, Even at one point, uh, the Marie, who was the only black member of the Jains, was like, yeah, the the demographics changed. The the color of the skin of the people changed, uh, which is saying a lot. But it was also interesting during this time uh, how the Catholic Church was spotlighted and then they showed that they they had a kind of a drift as one diocese or a group of reverends uh, created their own um, standing and said they supported women's rights and helped fund uh, many of the women to get the procedure so they would be sent to New York. Previously, it would be Mexico and outside of the country to get the procedures done. Um, so it was interesting to see them a part of this narrative as well. As they continued, they did finally get caught after an upset family member of one of the women seeking out an abortion called the police in Chicago. Homicide police busted into the place and arrested seven of the Janes, including Judith, Sheila, Peaches, Jean, Martha, Diane, uh, with the possibility of being in prison for 110 years. Yeah, I believe it's like 11 counts of uh, aiding and providing abortion. Mm-hmm. And after going through several bad options for a defense attorney, Marie was able to bring in Joanne Wolfson, who had worked with the Black Panther trials. And with her help, they were able to stall until the upholding of Roe v. Wade, at which time she asked for the charges to be dismissed, which is one of my favorite parts where she was like, just putting it off, just putting it off, just putting it off. No, no, no. (laughs) Everybody was kind of like, it was really smart the way she played. Um, At first she said no because she didn't like hippies, is what she said. Yes. She seemed like a character. (laughs) uh, The way they described her, I could see her being like my aunt who is uh, no nonsense, gives no s***, tells you like it is, moving on. Like smoking a pack a day, Mm. gruffly, uh, Mm -hmm. like just making sure you understand where she's coming from. And most likely she was right. Like (laughs) all of those ways. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Of course, we do want to talk about the ending. We'll kind of talk about this in the themes as well. It does end with a hopeful note. um, But I think there's a lot to be said. uh, And we're going to come back to it, which is why I want to pause on that. Um, I will say, even though I I love that that, uh, the directors decided to end on a hopeful note, even they are, though, when they started this project, Brett Kavanaugh had been uh, sworn in and they thought it was looking very bleak and Mm -hmm. was kind of preparing, I think, as a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. But moving on. So, yeah, that was the movie. Um, If you haven't seen it, you should absolutely watch it. I think it's um, a lot to know. Things will change, and we're going to talk about the future perspectives, and we've already kind of talked about how it has changed, and we need to make sure that we are having this conversation. Actually, within this time of them doing these procedures, new procedures were coming out that was even more safe. They were able to uh, obtain that as well, and we don't talk about that much because we don't talk about what they do. Obviously, a DNA has been what they were showing as with all the um, scraping and all of that. But there were other tools that came later on that kind of revolutionized and kept women even more safe. Um, So, you know, things have changed and we want to acknowledge that. But yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of obviousness because it is a documentary of what they're trying to say in this film. But yeah, let's go over the themes a little bit. Obviously, one of the themes, illegal abortions or the death of women um, and the women doing whatever they needed to out of desperation. And, you know, there were several, I believe, who came out and told their story, finally. But it took a lot to get to get the story out. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, we've had a lot of conversations about this, obviously, based on what's going on and how, you know, the conversation has kind of shifted away from like this sort of back alley hanger type of abortion to what is happening now. But this was like, even though I've heard about this, read about this, we have done an episode about it. Bridget did, and uh, we'll probably rerun that one soon. Um, it was still like, like the fact that the mafia is involved. And I'm hearing these stories about basic human healthcare, like, but it's treated as if this spy level and, and so many women did come out and shared why it was so important um, and why they were so scared. And it was so nice to find these women who were compassionate to them. Right. And like kind of gave them like an ear and like, no, we're going to take care of you. It's okay. It was pretty powerful. It was. Uh, Dory Barron, her story alone, just her finding kindness in all of that, like broke my heart that, that, that it took that much. And, you know, uh, behind the scenes of this, they actually could not, the directors uh, could not find people to interview who had experience during this time in Chicago. So they took out an actual newspaper ad, old school newspaper ad to fish out people to have a conversation. And they were able to have a few people come and talk about it for the first time. I think that's what a lot of the documentaries were missing. Um, so we got to hear a little story of how they were impactful. And they even talk about the fact, yeah, Heather Booth, when she founded, when she was beginning this whole service, she was pregnant herself, mm -hmm. um, as well as Jean, who was escorting women around. I think she actually escorted uh, Dory Barron, was pregnant at the time. And for Dory Barron to see this and to see still feel accepted, she had mm -hmm. this huge conversation and felt... Uh, this new level of acceptance. But, you know, with that theme about illegal abortion, they also talked about, and we're going to talk about it in a bit, how this new overturning of Roe v. Wade is even more strict than it was pre-Roe v. Wade because now we have bounties. Now we have all of these uh, prosecution to go after uh, not only aiding and abiding, but literally just leaving the state, leaving the country talking about taking contraceptives off the plate completely. Of course, there was a scene where they were like, for us to get birth control, we had to pretend to be married yeah. in order to get it to be at all. Honestly, if they're restricting it altogether as saying that conception is began by, uh, like uh, uh, life starts at conception, then that's a whole, that's a whole other level at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, in fact, my mom and I talked about this this last weekend because she has a friend who's very conservative and very Catholic. And my mom was like, well, I had an IUD. Does, do you think that means I was killing babies? And she was like, yes, I do. So, yeah, that's based on the arguments we've heard. <laughs> it, it is scary. It is scary. Yeah. And uh, just a reminder, Chicago was very Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um and they do talk about that, even when the detectives talk about trying to figure out what the hell is going on and how it passed to one Catholic person, to another Catholic authority, to another Catholic. And it didn't really, they didn't want to. They thought this was trivial and, oh my God, why are we doing this? So that's another change because men are way more concerned today than they were <laughs> then about women's bodies and how to, how to tell them. Like they didn't want to do this. They just did their job as where we have women now who really want to do this and are so excited to be able to say this yeah. out loud. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was obviously with the ending of the movie, it was an ending of an era. 
And uh, they estimated they had performed over 1,100 safe, affordable abortions uh, provided by the Janes in between their time. Uh, They talked about and it was heartbreaking because I feel this. I feel this to my core when they were like, you know, but women shouldn't even have to been put through this to yeah. begin with. They shouldn't have had to put, go through this anxiety to begin with. They talk about the loss that they've seen um, when they couldn't help or it was too late to help uh, some of the women that came through. And then, oh, my God, the stories about the septic abortion ward yeah. was horrific. But to be able to see that it was closed since Roe v. Wade had been overturned, they didn't need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was another another thing where again, we've we talked about this, we've read it, we've read about it. Um, but every now and then I just hear of something like this. And it's because I did I didn't grow up during this time, right? Roe v. Wade right. has always existed as I've been alive. So I hear like septic abortion word. Right. And it like my brain is just can't process it. And then that's coming with the reality that we're in now. It's it was kind of a, a mind f- watching this, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It it did. It was like you were supposed to be done with this. That was supposed to be the fight. Mm-hmm. Um and speaking of which, yeah, the end of the movie, it ends with uh the song Chicago, which in one of the lyrics says, We can change the world, we can reverse, you know, all these things. And I'm like, oh. And Heather Booth said, We came together at a time it was most needed. We did it. And then it was time to do something else. We were done. So goodbye, Jane. And it just felt like no, but it's not, but it's not, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Uh, oh. It was, it was tragic. Um, but, you know, the women that did this, they were inspiring. Um, and, and one of the things that has been said and what we've always said and what we continue to say is, yeah, uh, you can shut this down, but that doesn't mean it's going to end, A, and that doesn't mean people aren't going to keep fighting no matter what. Because they, they were saying this, like we were upstanding, middle, uh, you know, lower, middle, upper class uh, women who were criminals. And we were okay with it. We, it. They said, you know, it was worth fighting for. Um, and, you know, I wanted to go back before we come to where we are today and some of the reaction uh, about the women's rights and the revolution of it. Um, because that was obviously a huge part of this. Um, and they talked about how each one of them, most of them, had been from some other uh activism or some of the other movement, including the anti-war movement, which was happening with the Vietnam War, as well as the civil rights movement, which we saw was a huge debacle in the rising up of the Black Panthers um, and uh, what that looked like. And I thought it was really interesting how it was noted that they came from these movements, they took from these movements that are like, not took, but like saw the examples and what they needed to do to be organized for the women's rights movements. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that we've we've seen a lot and it is inspiring to see kind of like, oh, you can learn from all these different movements and um, as intersectionality has become more important, like that's that's good to see too. Because it's true, like as we always say, like people have done the work, like do your research and learn from them and they're there for, like they've done the work. So mm-hmm. I love seeing, I love seeing that of people taking note and being inspired and then doing the thing that, like, moves them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, one of the big things on this is 
it began because they either had the process themselves that been in that that they've been in that place for themselves or they saw people and they were just willing to help each other. Heather Boo talking about, let me help you and finding and finding a doctor who was willing to do this, which put her at risk. I mean, not as much as the doctor who was a black doctor at the time that we talked about, Dr. Howard, and trying to find and connect with him to find a procedure. And when he was arrested, she's like, all right, I got to find someone else because these women need my help. Um, and it was really sweet to see Marie... Um, bringing in Wolfson, you know, that was her because she wasn't arrested. She could have just skated by. She was like, no, nah, these are my friends. I need you to help. And advocating for them to get the rep- right representation that they needed. Um, stuff like that was really inspiring. And also trying to see like, wow, they came together. They came together as a core group. Like they were willing to hide identities and hide information from women. They ate the cards. Yeah, they ate, uh, when they were discovered by the police, they ate the information cards. And one of them, she said, it's fibrous. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite note. She's like, I don't know if you've eaten postcards, but they're very fibrous. And I'm like, I like, I really wish I could just have drinks with these women. Um, But yeah, they, they talked about what they had to do and how they were willing to go all the way in and and without you know bringing them with them like they did not seem to harbor any hate for any of them they just really wanted to protect these women and save their lives again when she's talking about at the end when she's like you know women shouldn't have to be even going through this in the first place you felt that you felt her hurting yeah uh as we hurt because we shouldn't they shouldn't have to go through this at any point but you know even with all of this it was pretty glaring and and we've talked about this before about how this was very white women centric um and then when they when that changed because new york opened up it was very obvious that they were not quite prepared uh for the diversity that was going to come through and who was actually being affected by what is going down and yeah lesson uh the director lesson echoed that point and says in one of her interviews our film shows that people who are disproportionately harmed when abortion isn't protected are black and brown people rural people people who simply just can't afford to travel across state lines they can't afford to be awake from work. They cannot afford childcare for the children they do have. They cannot afford childcare for the children they do have so that they can leave town for a day or two. Like this is that conversation is like it, it opened up the bigger picture kind of the same way as the stay-at-home moms versus the work moms in the women's movements. It was really exclusive and privileged to have this statement as if like working was a privilege. Nah, ma'am, a lot of people have to work because they have no other means and therefore can't be with their child or are run ragged or abused by the system. Like it's that same conversation. Like people don't have time to have an abortion, but they don't have time or have the money to have another child or have, you know, any of that as a conversation or they're being abused by husbands. Like there are so many things to this point that is very privileged and they had to kind of come to terms with that and they didn't have to acknowledge that as per se until uh, the new, until New York allowed for abortion to happen. They were like, whoa, oh, this is different. Yes, and we're seeing that play out today because I feel like I see so many very dismissive conversations from like conservative news media that's like it's not it's not that we banned abortion. You can go to a different state. 
not everyone can do that. <laughs> and plus, right. not every, you shouldn't have to do that. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> all of those things. And then you have all the conversations of like Missouri talking about they're going to try to uh, ban that. And that yeah. if you leave the state, they'll still prosecute you the minute you return home. They don't care. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We are, are seeing who is truly going after, and this it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of underneath that we need to talk about, and they were able to kind of, without even saying anything, they said it. You know, it was, it was interesting to see. Um, and then on top of that, ooh, I know we have talked about a lot how doctors don't believe women but i'm not gonna lie the documentary with the level that was here the doctors as they said were kings and had a lot of deciding uh power here yeah yeah they did and again that's also something we're still talking about and our medical system in general is a big mystery and who sets the prices and the insurance companies all of that is there's no clarity with it. Um, right. But especially during this, when it seemed like... The way the documentary painted it was people knew this was happening. They were being pursued, but 
for a, a, in a lot of cases, it was sort of like, I won't say anything about it. And that was one of the most surprising things to me is that like that, to, that would be so scary to me is to get the call from a police officer or to get a call from a doctor. Um, or, yeah, they were referring people. Doctors were referring people to the Janes. Like, so it's sort of an instance of like, I guess, yeah, they're kings, but they were either admitting you know, we can't help you. You can go here. <laughs> like, it was interesting. There's a lot of, yeah, back and forth. Because honestly, we saw it during the pandemic. They didn't have this whole level of like, oh, you have all this power. You're doing all these evil things. And that's not necessarily true. Not that that didn't happen. I don't know exactly. But there was this level of like, and we've and it's coming back in this conversation because doctors are refusing to do there's a fear that doctors are going to refuse to help people, even in emergency situations, because they have fear of being arrested, fined, or taking their, li- their license taken away. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole level of conversation. And then, of course, we have that opposite side. like, well, you, this is a person's life. You're not going to help this person if their life is at danger, even if it's legal because you're afraid to. And, and we've already seen it. The young girl, literally like under 12-year-old girl, they refused to help. And now it's too late because they were scared that they were going to violate the law. And of course, the lawmakers would have said, that's the consequence. Sorry. Which is a whole different conversation. She cannot consent to sex at 10. Right. Hmm. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm very angry. Yeah. Um, in that same conversation, that ectopic pregnancy, which has already come and risen up, and everybody's like, well, this is your fault. This is fear-mongering. And so the doctors are too scared to do something legal because the, the leftists are saying that they're going to get arrested, which I've heard, heard this argument, which is not the case. No, because we have people in politics saying that ectopic pregnancies can be saved, which is not true. Yeah. And But because of this lie, they're putting it as a caveat of maybe we can make it happen. Yes. Yes. Again, like, there's so much misinformation and I feel like a willing suspension of disbelief or like willingness to not learn anything about how women's bodies work or people who can get pregnant, how their bodies work, that we've just heard so much stuff. Like the whole idea, like if you get raped, a woman can stop that. Like that's, this is stuff our people in power are saying. (laughs) Right. In it, in it, in or that that's ch- this child is a blessing for you to correct a mistake, right. which I've heard, and I want to punch people. I'm going to punch people. <laughs> um, but yeah, these are things that, that are happening, and so there have have caused this huge debate within the healthcare system of what do we do, what do we do this, where are we now, and are they going to go back? You know, it's a hard decision. I feel like I know what I would want to believe, but I'm not in that place. Um, I'm not giving anybody excuses, but. The law has made everyone so wary and cautious that it's going to endanger people's lives. We know this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I we the fact is, this is like we talk about all the things from the 60s and 70s pre Roe v. Wade, and now we're back. And now we're back with even more cautionary uh, ideals and worries about what's happening. We had to know if Lesson and Pildes, the director's reaction, how they reacted to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So obviously it's been a while. It's been a minute since they finished the film themselves. Um, and uh, Lesson told Deadline in an article that she was gutted. We've been sounding the alarm for many months now. And even though the leak of the court's draft ruling gave us the glimpse of things to come, I think being in this moment now is wrenching. 
Yeah. Um, and Pilday's added, it's just been so emotional to think that here we are and all that stuff that we know to be true about the criminalization of abortion and what happens when that's the law of the land is going to happen again. Women are going to die and to be injured and be humiliated and be sexually assaulted. All of the other scenarios that happen when abortion is criminalized and forced into back alleys. Right. Oh, <laughs> this doesn't end on a happy note, obviously. No. Except for maybe knowing that we will come together. There will be more. And we've talked about the underground networks that have already formed. Although, again, we do want to stress precaution and making sure that we are not spreading the harmful narratives, that there is a safe abortion access, that it is still legal in most places, and that uh, you can get help today. Reminder, there are organizations out there that you can donate to, but please donate locally, 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 because that is where it's going to help. That is where it's going to help the most, even if some states are saying that they are going to allow access if things come on the federal line. We're at a whole different point. And I know Biden has done something, but let's be honest, it's not that helpful. So we're going to I'm just I'm just put an asterisk there and we'll come back to what we're talking about later because we're not talking about it here in this uh, episode. But there's a lot that we need to make sure that we are not going to cause harm in our misinformation and believing all of the worst case scenarios because there is still access to the abortion pill that is still FDA approved and can be sent by mail. You may have to go through different routes, but there are accessing routes to that. Careful who you trust. Be careful who you trust because there are a lot of bad players out there. And we've talked about that before, as well as, yeah, well, that's kind of one of my biggest fears is that the greed that can happen, the disgustingness that can happen, not because it's not accessible, but because people will take advantage of these situations. So please be cautious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I hate that we have to be here, but it is... It, this was a very inspiring documentary, even though it was also very sad, given what's happened. <laughs> but like you did see women coming together and really supporting each other, and we're seeing that again now. So definitely recommend checking it out. It's on HBO Max right now, if you would like to stream, which is not a sponsor currently, but... Um, yeah, definitely go check it out. Um, and you can email us any resources or uh, people we should talk about, anything like that around this issue. Um, you can do that at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. 
Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.